0: Welcome to Getting to the Truth in This Art. I am your host, Rob Lee, and today's guest is writer, spoken word artist, and speaker, Kondwani Fidel. Welcome to the podcast. What's up, man? What's up, Rob? Thank you for having me, man. No doubt, man. No doubt. Um, I'm happy uh, that a barbershop conversation actually turned into a guest. Yeah. <laughs> so that's really cool.
1: Definitely, man. Like they, they, It's crazy because that's how a lot of stuff happened in my career, just connecting and building through, like, you know, just, just intimate spaces. Like it was the barbershop or is that a cookout? You know what I'm saying? Like just people just showing love.
0: And- yeah, absolutely. And, um, and Baltimore is like w- one of the things I've been coming to and speaking with people who have uh, different relationships here, whether they've moved here or whether they lived here forever, it's like Baltimore is really small and it has these, these pockets or what have you, but pretty much once you know one person, you know, a person that knows somebody else and you have like that way of getting connected. And, you know, and people are really cool once you actually have that conversation. Mm-hmm. So let, let's get into it. Um, some of these questions I got uh, real quick. I, I like to let the guests describe what they do. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give that thousand foot view, but describe like what your work is, your, your work.
1: Um, so, again, I'm a writer, essayist, poet. Um, and I would just say that my work is just, uh, you know, just personal storytelling. Um, just being honest and truthful about my experiences growing up in Baltimore, living in Baltimore. And, um, you know, as I, as I get older and as I just become wiser and just, you know, do more research, I'm also uh, not only just talking about the experiences, but how and why these realities um, here in Baltimore exist, you know, by adding historical context to the, you know, the stories that I write about. Um, so you get, you get both sides of the spectrum, you get a personal honest view of what this guy is going through, um, if the relationships he had with his parents, the relationships he had with his friends, the relationships he had with people in the school in his neighborhood, how you can see that. But then you got the, um, the historical context, you know, that show how and why certain troubled realities were created. You understand what I'm saying? So, yeah. um, that's, that's. Um, you know, if I could just, just cut it off right there. Like, I feel like that's, you know, just straight to the point.
0: No, absolutely. I, I think, um, it, it's one of those things where we all have different upbringings and people have these different assumptions, but th- there is a story that people from Baltimore city, it generally, you, you have something that if you look like us, you, you have something that like, you know, people see me now and some of my interests now, And don't know that I grew up in Lafayette projects, you know, and it's just like I've seen things. And in those instances where you get to a spot where you feel like, let me write this down. Let me put this out there. Let me turn this into something. So, you know, at City College going there, I used to write down just different things that I saw as an adolescent. And teachers were like, you experienced that at that age? It's like, yeah. Can we get back to biology? You know, Um, so when when did what was the, like, your earliest memory of like getting started and like telling your story and sharing your stories? And ultimately with that, from where you started, what do you aim to accomplish with it?
1: Um, so it was in, it was in 2011 when I was at Virginia state university. Um, you know, I uh, had a professor, English professor named Arnold Westbrook who had um, channeled his lessons through African American studies. So this was my first time, being engaged and you know reading in this way and literature in this way and you know reading you know certain uh artists who that I could relate to you know what I'm saying like where I shared the same social context with them even if it was just a little bit you know my whole life I thought that I hated reading but when I started falling in love with reading in college I realized that I never hated it I just hated what my teachers in the past were forcing me to read so um you know, I was I was just super inspired. You know, by how um, you know reading made me felt. So, uh, so my so I used to skip some of my classes just to you know sit in my dorm room and read. And um, you know, I tried out writing. And um, I shared it with a few of my friends, and um, they loved it. You know, I thought that they were lying. Then I would write poems, and I would lie and say that they was by somebody else, so I could get like an honest opinion from them, and they still liked it. So like, my confidence shot back up and, on um, February 10th, 2013, I shared a poem for the first time on stage in front of people at you know, at the, the Virginia state student body. Uh, with about 200, you know, guests in this auditorium and I performed and, um, they enjoyed it. And I told myself that this is your first time doing this. So you can, you can only get better. And, um, that next day, I switched my major from sport management to English and, um, I was just rocking out ever since. And, you know, I just was... At first, I was, like, scared to share, to share my story and my honest feelings because, I, you know, I thought that people was going to think I was crazy. Like, I'm talking about depression. And I'm talking about suicidal thoughts. And I'm talking about, you know, all of the crazy shit that I went through. You know, growing up in Baltimore, people was going to think I was crazy. But then somebody broke it down to me. It was like, yo, you already went through the hard part. So, you know, don't look at speaking about it as, as being hard. Look at that as, like, the like a part of like the healing process, you know what I'm saying? You yeah. we went through a tough part It's kind of just like the end the end role, you know what I'm saying? And also it was people, you know that I looked up to like the, the Tupacs and the Jay-Z's and the jay Coles at that time. And um, you know the the Lauren Hills and the Amy Winehouses and you know I just feel like they the reason why I love them, you know, because they just so vulnerable and honest. In yeah. work, you know what I'm saying? They they talk about everything from their drug addictions to uh violence that they committed amongst other people to, you know, the violence that was inflicted upon them. Um, you know, and, and they kind of made made me feel okay to be human. You know what I'm saying? Cause you know when you're going through something, you feel like it's only happening to you. You know what right. I'm saying? Until you start sharing those stories and you connect with other people. You be like, wait, I'm not crazy. You know what I'm saying? I'm just one yeah. of the people that's just talking about it. You feel me? So mm-hmm. started as that. And, you know, fast forward, you know, I came back home to Baltimore. I graduated in 2015. Um, I started working as a pool attendant down in Patterson Park. And I was still just, you know, I, I didn't know nothing about the art scene in Baltimore. So I just stumbled across a few places where I could perform my poetry. I'm dropping videos on the Internet. And, um, you know, long story short, I started getting phone calls from teachers and professors saying that they... Um, want me to come teach my work in their classrooms or that they was teaching my work and they want me to come speak for their students. And I saw the reaction that the students, you know, had when when my work was introduced to them and it was how I felt in 2011. They were saying the same thing, like, oh, I I never thought that I liked reading until I read your work, or I didn't know that I liked poetry. So then, you know, at first my mission was just just be honest and tell these stories. And then um, after I seen how the kids started relating to it, and that kind of became like my moral obligation, you know what I'm saying, to like explicitly uh get into schools so I can introduce um this work to students in a way that I didn't get introduced to when I was in high school, middle school, or whatever. And um and yeah, I've just been doing that for the past however many years for real.
0: That's good. That's good. It's um it's really good. So at this at this stage. So obviously we gotta talk about the anti racist. You mm-hmm. gotta talk about that a little bit. And that came out uh what like September, right? That was uh released in September. Yeah. So sure. how's your career changed since then? I mean, it's it's out outdoor COVID, so I would imagine, you know, it's not exactly what it would be if it wasn't COVID, but how has it changed? In what ways has it changed?
1: Um, I would say that it changed because this might is what would be considered my my debut. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people acts need to explain the writing world. And it's kind of just like the music world, like how you have mixtapes out and you have like a studio album. Yeah. So, you know, anti-racist is kind of like my first studio album in a sense. Like I'm signed to a publishing company, um, just for this, just for this one book, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, my book is, you can get it anywhere that books are sold, you know what I'm saying? And, um, and I would say that it changed now just because like I'm in a game, you know, it's like, you can be nice in high school. You can be nice in college. You can be nice in the D league. You can mm-hmm. be nice on the streets. You know what I'm saying? At your local basketball court, but it's just a different type of vibe when you get into the league. You know right. what I'm saying? So and um, you know, everybody, everybody' journey is different. So I'm just excited just to, you know, be on the same bookshelves as as some of my peers and also as some of you know my idols. So I feel like that's how you know that's that's that kind of you know change for me. And if it wasn't COVID, you know what I'm saying, I probably would be able to tour, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. travel throughout the country and do speaking gigs. So, you know, I was kind of upset about that. But, you know, this this something that, you know, is affecting everybody and it's really nothing that we can do about it. So I'm just chopping it up. You know what I'm saying? It's a part of the process.
0: Absolutely. And um, you see where like musicians and things like that or people that would go out in these like large public spaces. They're looking at 2020 as that year didn't happen. You know, my tour starting in 2021. It was like, all right, that's a bet. So maybe that will present itself for, for people in these things. Cause I think now it's important to have like pretty much ultimately what you're talking about in the book out there and something that's a part of like the conversation, not just that came out already. We're moving on to something else. It's like, no, we're still yeah. dealing with this type of like situation in this country. Yeah. yeah. Um, So you you, you touched on it a little bit, um, but I want to like hammer it in a a bit more. Um, So what does it mean for you to be a creative
1: that's from Baltimore? Um, You know, it's crazy that I never really thought about that until I started uh, engaging with people who are not from here. You know what I'm saying? Because Baltimore is not one of those cities like in New York where like, Oh, you got New York rap, or if you are from New York and doing this, like you like a new so it's kinda like, you know, New York people grow up, you know, with kinda like this braggadocious type attitude. Yeah. They from New York. You know what right. I'm saying? Or, or, or people are from, you know, um, Los Angeles, like oh I'm from I'm from California. It's kinda like got like a blow to it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, they 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 kind of introduced themselves in a different way. But for me, I was just like, yo, I'm just a regular nigga who got a story to tell. I didn't look at it like, oh, I'm telling my Baltimore story. I didn't look at it like, yeah, right. I'm telling my East Baltimore. If I'm looking at it, I'm just telling sh- stories about my life. You know what I'm saying? Like When yeah. I listened to Amy Winehouse and Tupac and Jay-Z and Lauryn Hill, it never really dawned on me. Like I, I, I never really cared about where they was from you know what I'm saying? I just cared about their story. And again, that's like who I was, um, you know, studying at that time. But then, you know, when when people would analyze my work and, uh, you know, I I would, you know, give speeches about my work and stuff like that, you know, then I started realizing that, yo, like Baltimore is a a different place. You know what I'm (laughs) saying? It's different than a lot of other cities, you know, in this country. You know, as far as like the systemic oppression that we go through, Baltimore being the first city that had legal housing segregation. Maryland being the first state to have a police bill of rights. Um, you know, the lead paint the poison epidemic that happened here. You know what I'm saying? There was so many, so many corrupt things that happened here. You know, I, I didn't know about these things. So even if you look at, you know, police brutality, I didn't know what police brutality was, but I know we used to get the shit beat out of us by the police. You know what I'm right. saying? I didn't know what mass incarceration was, but I know that me and hell other people got locked up of stuff that we didn't do. You know what I'm saying? So I was just speaking about these things, about those politically correct terms, And then, you know, as the years went on, that's when I realized, like, oh, this is a Baltimore story. You know what I'm saying? But not only only is it a Baltimore story, but it's a reflection of several different cities, you know what I'm saying, across this country. So, um, and, you know, how does it feel, you know, being a Baltimore? I feel good. You know what I'm saying? Like, I I love being an underdog. Like, you know, from, from you know, the, the household that I came from, the neighborhood I came from, the city I came from, you know, even me going to Virginia State, HBCU, you know what I'm saying? We looked at us underdogs, you know what I'm saying? Like, so i, I always been on value and I like that, you know, more than yeah. walking into a room and, you know, everybody just just feeling like I got it. Like, I like, you know, when people doubt me and they don't really, you know, see no value in me because it don't matter if I see value in myself no matter you know, what am I meant?
0: It comes from within. And it's kind of one of those things where you go there and someone just assumes and they doubt or whatever. And it's like, yeah, I'm going to show you. Mm-hmm. You're going to see it. Mm-hmm. You're going to be wrong as shit. Uh, so in, in recent years, and I think even moving forward in the future and just forecasting, there's like, it seems to be more and more interest in like creatives and stories, specifically black creators with a lot of them based in Baltimore. What do you think? the first thing that people get wrong when they're trying to make something that's a Baltimore show or Baltimore movie? I've heard it's the accent. i heard it's like the localities. It's like, yo, that's not near Mondawmin, my guy. (laughs) Like, what do you think these properties get wrong when they try to tell a Baltimore story?
1: I would say the, the accent is one thing, you know, but the most important thing, I believe, is where they missed the mark is that, you know, Baltimore is not a monolith. There's so many different types of people here. There's so many you know, different things that people are into. And I'm not saying you can't tell uh, stories about violence. You can't tell stories about sports. You can't tell stories about their bikes. You can't tell stories about that wire-esque aesthetic because that stuff does happen here. So it's like, as an artist, I'm like, I want people to have a freedom and be able to do what they want. But it's like, you know, it's it's other parts of the city too. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And it's, it's that thin line between... Um, you know, being an artist and just doing what you want with your shit and feed mm-hmm. into the propaganda. You know what I'm saying? And honestly, that's something that that we'll never know. Like only that person and God. That's that's what they gotta deal with. But you know, I just wanted to be some some new stories. You know that that, that come from the city because there's so many here. You know what I'm saying? And I yeah. and I honestly don't care how outsiders feel about Baltimore, but I do just, just you know, want the Baltimore people to be able to see themselves in a new light because they know that they just not violence and murder. There's so many other things. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. you know, imagine, imagine if right you were on you were on a dating site, right? Yeah. Imagine if like it was like a highlight reel of like who you are in like <laughs> the past year, but they yeah. every clip of you when somebody pissed you off. Like I ain't fucking with Rob, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Man, crazy. They ain't show sure when you was helping your mother out with the groceries. They ain't show sure right. you taking care of your little sister. They ain't show sure the time yeah. that you was laughing. Like they just edit the shit and just put all these clips. You know what yeah. I'm mean? saying? So you gonna keep watching stuff like damn, like what you know what I'm saying? Where the other parts of me at? You know what I'm saying?
0: It's like a shitty performance review.
1: Right, you know what I'm saying? So it's like <laughs> that's that's all I want. You know what I'm saying? Is just to show some different elements of what go on in this city. And do it in a, in a, in a way, um, you know, that, that, that does the people justice, like take care of it, take care of the art, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? And, and not just be sloppy with it. Don't just put out content just because you feel like it's timely, like take your time with it, man. That's all I want.
0: Yeah. I, I, I agree with that. It's, um, you know, I think in part in doing this, like I almost have this vetting thing I used to do with people in like the first iteration of this show, the first like maybe dozen episodes. I was like, are you really from Baltimore? Are you really down for the cause? Or are you just someone that's here for some degree of like stamp of approval? Cause I've heard from so many people, some people will come up here, get all of the adoration, get all of the, is my shit good enough? And then they use that to go to a Philadelphia, they use that to go to a New York yeah. because we have this uh, degree of authenticity. We'll tell you if you got bullshit. Yeah. And I've seen that. So I try to use this podcast in some ways of so talking to people. It's like, oh, OK, is this real or is this not? Because I- I'm not trying to be a part of that. And the other thing is, like, you're right. People, they I don't think they get things right here uh, when they, they come here and they try to make something that's Baltimore, something is off and it's like it's rushed. You know, and I've heard so many mixed things about the, uh, what, Charm City Kings or what have you. And I just remember early, early on, I was like, I'm not going to watch it. Too many Philadelphia people attached to it. And that's kept it moving. Yeah. Um, so, as an, as an artist, how do you overcome challenges that you may face, whether it be in like having like a writer's block or creative's block or just, I'm beat, man. I don't feel like doing anything right now, but you know you got to write something. How do you?
1: overcome those types of challenges um you know i i either read or i, I watch you know i might watch some Dave Chappelle or some other kind of stand up yeah. um i listen to music more than i do anything else in this. i listen to music more than i eat sleep drink write, read like no bullshit so i listen to a lot of music and um you know lately maybe i'm gonna say like during the pandemic you know I kind of been stuck in like some weird spaces where I haven't been able to like sit down and focus and complete, you know, small tasks that I could usually knock out or even, you know, finish projects. And um I just been trying to embody the idea of um not becoming how can I say this? I've been I've been trying to avoid the vanity of being productive. You know what I'm saying? Like being productive yeah. for no good reason, like just trying to post just trying to create content because you feel like you have to, to opposed to just letting it flow. You know what I'm saying? Like, because, like, I'll, I'll be depressed or I'll be down and out because, you know, I haven't written anything in, like, the past few days. You know what I'm saying? But then, the flip side of that is, like, am I depressed? I feel like I'm depressed because I'm not creating. But then I'm like, maybe I'm not creating because I'm depressed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like a circle that's just, like, never in So, you know, I be having, to, I to talk to myself like, "Oh, it's it's okay, bro." Like, and when you look at your life, you've already did things. You know what I'm saying? That a 27 year old, the average 27 year old, hasn't accomplished in the past, you know, five years that you accomplished these things. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, oh, like it's okay to slow down. It's okay to to just relax. You know what I'm saying? So. Lately, I've just been trying to just, like, if I wake up and I be like, I don't feel like writing, then and, and I just leave it at that. And I just go do something else for the whole day. Even if yep. that's playing in the bed, just on my phone, you know what I'm saying? As opposed to, like, wrecking my brain and sitting here for five hours, then I still don't come up with nothing. We well, could have been doing something else so you know, yeah. the brain jogging or just, you know what I'm saying, get inspiration somewhere or have fun doing something else. So I've been trying to just let my... Like my like more so, just like let like, like my heart and spirit guide me. You know what I'm saying
0: when it comes mm-hmm. to like being. Yeah. I think you're right with that that idea of just the vanity of creation and the vanity of just putting out content and just being productive, quote unquote. Yeah, it, you you have this this notion, and I think it's a lot of it is driven by marketing people. A lot of it's driven by like social media. You got to stay relevant. You got to have timely, evergreen content, and it's just like. Yo, like, like I've been podcasting for twelve years, and my thing is, yo, I'm gonna do a one podcast per week, and it's like you need to post more often. I was like, all right, why should I have to post more often? Give me a reason why. It's like I know who's listening, I know what they're into, and I know what my audience is ultimately. But the algorithm says this. Cool. I don't know that algorithm. I just want to do this when it makes sense, and feel like I'm creating, and feel like I have ownership over it, and I have ownership over my time, and pretty much where i'm putting my interest yeah so that's the way i look at it i I definitely agree with you
1: and it's like when you you stop putting out content for no good reason and you got people who go and be editing stuff for no good reason and then it's like you just go through the world with all this bullshit you know what i'm saying like all this Mm -hmm. that that you ain't even gonna be proud of later on you know what i'm saying because you're just doing something because it's timely so i've been trying strong you know and embodied, like i know it but i
0: just want to like live in that you know what i'm saying yeah because like I, I don't know like is and i'm, I'm i got a, a bonus question for you because you mentioned the music things i definitely gotta ask you about some music things real quick but um the, the person i think of um when it comes to just not putting stuff out there because they're not quite there in their head they're not in that creative space mm-hmm. it's like a frank ocean of somebody it's like yo when are you want to drop that next album when he's ready you know, like whenever he's fucking ready and he'll get it out there. It might be four years. It might be five. But if it's like you like it, the stuff is there's stuff that exists. There's songs that are out there. Listen to those. Wait for them to cook. Or, you know, it's just like people think that they as the audience has some control over the artist and what they're producing. Like you'll run into people that's like this person's a great artist. And it's like, yeah, he did four works over 10 years you know, or whatever, like let them do whatever they need to do to create and enjoy that creation once it's out there for you to enjoy. So music is a thing for you. Uh, Music is a thing for me as well. You know, it's just like, I'm always listening to something Spotify, Spotify is queued up. I'm got like records playing. I've been on vinyl. I got a bunch of vinyl for the holidays. So I've just been on that. What, what's like the last like three songs that you've listened to that just pop in your head? Because or just three songs That you're like You know what You gotta check these out These what I listened to recently
1: Recently I would say um, It's this song By a 5-year-old Called 13 Going On 30 Okay I've been, I've been bumping out Like the past couple of days um, It's this joint Called uh, Blessed By uh, Wes Kid mm-hmm. uh Damien Molly. That's on WizKid Kid New Joint. And if I could pick a third one that I've been bumping like that, then probably Oh my listen to so much, uh, <laughs> I, I've been listening to, I'm gonna just say uh, I've been listening to like a lot of a lot of King Von. I've been listening to like a lot of dirt. Um and you know, I, I I, like the the, you know, the old stuff that I listen to, like the Jay, Kendrick, Cole. Um, I listen to a lot of West Side Boogie. Yeah. Um, yeah, I listen to Sir, I like Sir, I like Brent Fire. Um, again, like of course like my favorites, like the Pac Andy Winehouses, like they always in the queue somewhere. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of like who who what was on like my Apple uh music. Um like replay of the year. J Electronica was on that real heavy. Um, yeah. That's
0: that's another one that falls into that. You're not putting stuff out fast enough. It's like, let the man cook.
1: <laughs> you, like You got like the J Electronica's, the Andre 3000s, the Frank Oceans. You know what I'm saying? Like, they just like aliens. You know what I'm saying? Like, they, yes. they, they, they do what they want. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like a beauty in that. Yeah, you got to
0: admire it and it doesn't get watered down. It's just like when that catalog is out there, it's like, this is what you got. Mm-hmm. So I got one last question. And then one of the things I like to do on this podcast is let everyone shamelessly plug whatever they want to plug your oh. website, your social, all of that stuff. Yeah. But um, so the last question I have, uh, I did this internet journey because, you know, you got to do some research and found one of, found one of your videos um, on YouTube and uh, love is not enough. And I was like, all right, this is different. Uh, so, but it hits different while being familiar Yeah what, what is a memorable response To your work that comes to mind Any of your work that comes to mind You're like, okay, yeah, that sticks with me
1: I would say that a lot of people say that You know, my stuff is raw And uh, they always just speak about Like my vulnerability And also um, My perseverance You know what I'm saying And like I, I pride myself on being On being honest in my work family because yeah. that's that's what I research. That's what I study. That's what I came under. And again, it just you know just just show people that it's okay to hurt. It's okay to own your loneliness. It's okay to own your depression. It's okay. There's way more power in that. You know what I'm saying? You can't tease me about the shit because I know what's up. You know what I'm saying? Like I put it, I put on yeah. the summer jam. You ain't, you know what I'm saying? Like it is what it is. But I would say that um, those like the the responses that I get the most like just. The honorable, experience and like doing raw, and um, you know that's that's I, I, I rarely have favorite pieces, but that was like one of my favorite pieces that I that I've been performing that I I've, I've been sharing, you know, uh, over well over a year, and um, you know, just like the the wordplay, um, like the, the metaphors, assemiles, um, you know, I feel like it's a, it's a good length. You know what I'm saying? It touches on yeah. you know different ideas and like you know what love is and what love isn't. What should it? How much should it cost? You know what I'm saying? Like what with, yeah. what with, what with, with are the things that outweigh love? Because a lot of times the word love is you know we we use it as a scapegoat. Like we use it to get what we want. We use it to manipulate. You know, but but I love you though. You know what I'm saying? That <laughs> thing that you fucked up several times. You be like, oh, but yeah. I love you, and people fall right into every. Time, you'd be like, nah, nigga, love is not enough this time. I was like, better, <laughs> where, where truth, better honesty, like where the money, where better the, the respect. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, I feel like that was an important piece for me as well to just keep performing and reading over and over. You know what I'm saying? So, I can, uh, you know, just start, just start creating my own idea without that I, I think love is. You know what I'm saying? Like, like in the poem, I say, love is not a five star stay, love is not an all expense big K. You know, love is not attention. Last like night they in your face look around, they gone today. Like love right. love can be these things, but that's not the end all be all. Like just because somebody show you attention that's not love. Just somebody give you money that's not love. It doesn't mean that might be love, but just don't assume that it's love. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like make sure that it's love before you start running around like, Oh, they love me. You know what, <laughs> what I'm saying? Like make sure it's really there. You feel me? Yeah. That's
0: that goes back to what you what you pride yourself on. That authenticity is like, eh, what's real, you know? Yeah, so oh, go ahead, please.
1: And like everybody, love language different. You know what I'm saying? Say if I'm a person who love language isn't giving gifts. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) And and I'm rich. Then does it even matter if I buy you a bag and I buy you these shoes and I buy you these earrings if it don't mean shit to me? You know what I'm saying? When 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 my love language might be time spent in being intimate. You know what I'm saying? I'm not giving you that, but I'm buying you things. You know what I'm saying? But then gifts, is some some people love. like You know what I'm saying? So it all depends on the person. Like, love is individual at the end of the day. And I feel like, you know, everybody, including myself, to start looking at it that way and not looking at, you know, the love that we were taught by our parents. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. that probably was taught to them, that was taught to them by somebody else. Everybody just, just keep trying to fit their own unique experiences into these pockets of love where it just won't fit, it's gonna reject it because you gotta create your own version of it. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. that's what I've been another thing that I like to focus on also, like in my work and like my everyday life.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree I agree with that notion of you have to like define it for yourself. And when that idea was was put out there as part of like the the, the conversation of how does one view love in the different love languages that exist? And I think it, it opened up a lot of conversation and it, it may have hindered some relationships and it may have improved some others. Like, you know, I, I think some people have more than one and I, and I think it's like, where do you look at them? What what matters to you? And I have that questionnaire like quality time might be a little bit more valuable than something that's tangible that will tarnish. Yeah. So, um, At the the end of the show, I want to thank you again for um, coming on to the podcast. Um, Here's an opportunity to plug whatever you want to plug, my guy.
1: I would say um, just my book, my new book, The Anti-Racist, How to Stop Conversation About Race and Take Action. Um, Purchase that book. It's available on Amazon or anywhere books are sold. Um, You know, again, it's my debut, uh, you know, and. I'm not really too much focused on, you know, how many books I sell, but the people who do get the book, you know what I'm saying? I just want them to read it, to read it in its entirety and just learn from it, grow from it, you know, pick it apart, you know. You don't got to agree with everything, but there's definitely some things in there that I I want to, you know, share with more people in the world and, you know, telling these vulnerable stories, and I just want that to inspire other people to tell their stories because, you know, especially as Black people in this country, it's kind of fairly recent, you know, that we had the luxury to tell our own story. So now that we got so many platforms, you know, we in the writing world, we on social media, we can do podcasts, radio, movies, TV shows. Like, it's important that you tell your story every chance that you get because if you don't tell it, somebody else won't tell it for you. You know what I'm saying? And it's going to be, right. it's going to be watered down, it's going to be squeezed into fairy tales and people will make a lot of money off of it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. not even going to be what you truly are. So, just think about your footprint, you know, that you're leaving on this earth. Make sure that you tie your story into it too, because I'm um, Zora ordinary Hurst they say. She say, uh, um, you know, something if you're not telling your story, uh, if you're not if you're not honest about your pain, they'll kill you and say you enjoyed it. And I'm pretty sure I'm butchering that with a word or two or something, but that's you know, it still is what it is. So just tell it. You know what I'm saying? I want people to see how I tell my story and also how I, you know, add that historical context in it, you know, so people can understand like why I think the way I think, why I act, right. I act you know, why I, I did, you know, some of the things I did growing up, why I do some of the things that I do now.
0: And um, website, social media, where can he find you Where can you check you out?
1: Everything is Kondwani Fidel. So it's KondwaniFidel.com, Kondwani Fidel on Instagram, Kondwani Fidel on Twitter, Facebook, and my email is uh, kandwani at com. So, yeah. So, thank you. This, this has been great. No problem, uh, having me, man.
0: Yeah, no doubt. I'm going to do my sign-off and then I'll be that. Um, so, for Kandwani Fidel, I'm Rob Lee saying that there's art in and around Baltimore. You just got to look for it.